Greetings! On behalf of Pastor Joshua Lockett and Triad Christian Center, we welcome you to the Movement Podcast. 2019 is the year of the team player, and Pastor Josh challenges us to connect, join, and serve in the local ministry to advance the kingdom of God. We're glad you're joining us today, so let's tune in to this week's message. We are going to get into the Word today, and I, I want to talk simply about faith for Isaac, and I do honor my natural father, Bishop Otis Lockett Sr. Come on, let's give it up. Amen. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. We thank God for fathers and people that helped to put us in the earth. They, they whooped us. They directed us. They encouraged us. It's nothing like a good old father. You know, I believe that America, we had more fathers. We'll be doing a little bit better. Amen. Because when the father's in the home, the home goes better. Amen. Go with me really quickly to 1 John chapter 5, verse 4. It says, for every child of God defeats. Say every child. Come on, say every child. Who are we children of? God. Amen. It says, for every child of God defeats this evil world. And it says, and we achieve this victory through what? Our faith in the KJV version, it says, for whosoever is born of God overcometh the what? The world. And this is the victory that overcometh the what? The world, even our faith. How many know that your faith will make you an overcomer? Amen. So whatever you are facing in this evil world, we can overcome it by faith. Can I get an amen? And then it says in Romans chapter 4, verse 17, I actually have this scripture uh, for you right here on your outline. It says, I have made you the father of many nations. It says, this happened because Abraham believed in the God who brings the dead back to life and who creates what? New things. Say new things. Out of nothing. Let me know all God needs is himself. Amen. And says, and he, he says, even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping, believing that he would become the what? The father. He would become the father of many nations. For God did what? Had said to him. There's a word that will make the fathers in this room the father God called you to be. It says, for God has said to him, that's how many descendants you will have. And Abraham's faith did not weaken, even though, say neighbor, say neighbor, even though. See, that's the problem right there is the even those. That's what was great to have faith if you ain't got no even those, but you got the even those that just mess you up. You said, that's not a word, Pastor. Just go with me. At about 100 years of age, he figured his body was as good as dead. I know we've heard the scripture, but it's good to read it again. And so was who? Sarah's woman. He, he couldn't leave his wife out. And then it says, Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger. And in this, he brought glory to God. He was fully, not partially convinced, but the Bible says he was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promised. You know, when you talk about faith, 
sometimes it's easier to talk, to talk faith than to live faith. And it's easier to say amen to faith than to have to actually live faith. You know, Sarah, in Genesis chapter 17, the angels came by, and people might go back and forth whether it was actually the Lord or it was just angels. But in any regards, there was a supernatural presence that was sent from the kingdom of God, and they met them at the tent. The Bible says that Abraham was outside, and he was sitting, and he saw these men coming. And they began to have this conversation with him. And in this conversation, well, first of all, Abraham told his wife, Sarah, she said, he said, go on and, and make some what? Some steak. Y'all remember that story? You might not. He said, honey, hurry up. He said, this is urgent. How many, how many husbands ever, don't, don't raise them out loud, but how many husbands ever told your wife to go cook something? Amen. I didn't tell you to raise your hand. I'm just telling I can do it. You can't do it. And so Abraham is sitting there, and he tells his wife to go hurry and make something to eat. And uh, so she gets in the oven. She throws on her little apron, and she starts going to town. I mean, she's cooking filet mignon. She's cooking some yogurt, amen, the kind that's good for your, you know, good for your intestines, help to clean, you know, and everything. I don't know if the angels needed it. But anyway, so they, they, he, he, they made it, and they throwing it together. She's just putting, you know, just got the music playing, got some Marvin Sapp in the background, and she just listening to music while she's cooking. Isn't that a good wife? Amen. <laughs> some of you just rebel against that thought right there. But God's going to help you. He's going to help you. This is Father's Day. He's going to help you. So, they, uh, so, so after that, God is sitting down with them after they served him, and he gives a word. He says that this time next year that Sarah's going to have a child. Now, this was the third time that God had spoken this word, and this was the first time Sarah had heard it because Abraham had heard it twice. And then on the third time, it was actually God was speaking to Abraham, but Sarah was kind of eavesdropping. Amen. I mean, there's an anointing for a certain group of people to eavesdrop. Amen. They know everything. They hear everything. But that's another story, too. So, so she listens, and, and Sarah listens in, and she says, she starts laughing. <laughs> now, you would probably start laughing, too, because, you know, after all, Sarah won a spring chicken. She was, she was 90 years old. Amen. And so, um, I mean, what if a person came to the church and they said, I, I hear the Lord saying, you're about to begin to birth something. There's a baby bump coming. I see a baby bump. And, and you would rejoice if you're 20 years old, but if you're 90 years old, you might back away from that person and say, that's, a, that's the wrong spirit. Amen. But anyway, she heard God say this, and and, and so, actually, Genesis 18, I said Genesis 17. So, actually, she, she heard God say this, and she laughed, and she said, so she laughed soundly to herself and said, how could a worn out, she called herself a worn out. I said, that was just wrong. How many ever just felt worn out? Amen. See, we're talking about faith here. You can feel worn out sometimes. Like, what? I'm just worn out. Like me, enjoy such pleasure. I'm not, I'm not good enough to experience what God has for me. I can't enjoy this. Especially when my ma- then she had to throw her husband under the bus. She couldn't just go down alone. She had to bring somebody else down with her. Especially when my master, my husband, is also so old. She called him master. Though look at what happens in verse thirteen. It says, "Then the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh? I love this because it's kind of funny. It says, Why did she say, Can an old woman like me have a baby? I believe God might be asking some of us that today." Why are you laughing? Why are you questioning? Then he says something, is anything too hard for the Lord? 
That needs to settle down in our hearts today. It says, I will return about this time next year, and Sarah will have a son. Verse 15. Sarah was afraid, so you'll be afraid too. So she denied it, saying, I didn't laugh. And, but the Lord said, no, you did laugh. Isn't that funny? He said, no, you did. I bet you did. Like, no, you did laugh. I just love the Bible. It's just so, so much good stuff in it. So he says, he says, no, you did laugh. And I believe that there's some of us, if we be honest, when we, when we first hear the word of the Lord, there, there's a laugh in our spirit. It's not a holy laughter, but it's, it's a mockery. God, come on, can you do that for me? You can't do that for me. Now, 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 when God brings us to the table, we say, when we come to church, we say, oh, no, I believe God. But if we feel like he can't hear us, y'all ain't talking to me. If we feel like we're hidden, we're, we're, we're mocking that all day. And on our Instagram page and Facebook page, we're professing faith. But in the deepest parts of our hearts where nobody can look, we still walk in unbelief just like the world. Yeah, we, we quote, I believe by his stripes I'm healed. It's easy to say that. But what happens when you get in the doctor's room and they give you a timetable? Y'all ain't talking to me. They say you got six months. Six months what? To lose some weight? No, six months to live. It's easier said than done. And a lot of people, it's easy for, and I'm just going to say this, they're they not wrong. They're trying to encourage you. But have you ever had somebody come to you and say, just believe God? And you look at them like, you ain't never been through this. What you talking about? Y'all know y'all say it. You say it's easier for you to say than, 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 than to do. Now, so this is why I believe it's important, even in the summer of, of June on this Father's Day, because I believe men need to walk by faith. Amen. It, somebody in the house need to have faith. Everybody can't be scared. Amen. Amen. Now, if, I, now I'm going to know in my house, if there's anybody that's going to have faith, I'm going to have faith. Amen. She might be whining and crying, but I'm going to have faith. Amen. Y'all ain't saying amen like I want you to. Sometimes it is easier for men. Now, men can be more analytical starting off, but once they lock into something, they're going for it. Women are like, but how are we going to do this? And how are we going to trust me, the money will come in, girl. Have I filled you yet? You know, he, he, he's got this faith. And it could go vice versa, depending on who you are. So tell your neighbor, say neighbor, get some faith in your spirit. That must have hit somebody right there when I said that. Can I say this to you? When a person, whether it's your husband, your wife, has, believes in God, encourage that faith. Encourage that faith. Don't question their faith because somebody need a shield in your house. The Bible says faith is a shield. You know what's important? I'm going to help you out because I'm going to tell you what happened to some of you all this week maybe. See, when you start talking about faith, the enemy, I believe, starts trying to attack your faith because he wants to get you to undermine. He wants to try to undermine everything that's being said today. You say, no, he doesn't. When God came out of heaven and said, this is my son who I'm well pleased in, the Bible says that the God led him into the wilderness, Jesus. He goes into the wilderness, Luke chapter 4, and the first thing that the devil says is, 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 if you be the son of God. He questions the very word he just received. What is he trying to do? He's trying to undermine it. So that means that when, if I start talking about healing, prosperity, the first thing that might get shot is your health and prosperity because the enemy's trying to come after it to undermine it. Didn't he do that in the garden too? He said, did God really say you must not eat of this tree? He's always trying to undermine with questions. Tell your neighbor, tell your neighbor say, to neighbor today, we are rebuking the devil and all his questions. 
gift. So sometimes it, it's, that, it's that word, you receive it, you shout, you rejoice. They throw throw cloths over you. If you don't know what throw cloths over, those are throw cloths. Those are things that cover you up so you won't be indecent when you fall out in the spirit. Amen. So they keep you covered. And you got five ushers around you and people are throwing oil on you. Y'all ain't never been to service like that. I guess I, I'm in the wrong church. And, and you fell out and you and, and you walk out. And this is the wild part about it. Your phone, you left your phone at the chair. When you get back to your phone, somebody says, you need to call me as soon as possible. You say, now, I just came off the floor. The devil is alive. What you need to talk to me about this? And they say, we just heard some bad news. What's the bad news? And see, you don't understand that in Mark 4, verse 13. Can I help you out real quick? I'm going to give you the scripture, and we're going to go through the outline, because I know we got to get to Golden Corral. I know that Mark 4, verse 13, I'm going to help you get there. I'm going to help you get there. Then Jesus said unto them, if you can't understand the meaning of this parable, how will you understand all the other parables? I'm about to help somebody out right now because you think you're crazy. Verse 14, verse 14, it says the farmer plants seed by taking God's word to others. That's what we do on Sundays. That's what we do on Tuesdays. Verse 16, and look at what happens. It says in verse 16, it says, it says the, the seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message, and they do what? Hallelujah. Amen. That's a post on Facebook, Twitter. Amen. They receive with joy. Verse 17, but since they don't have what? They don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have what? Or are what? For doing what? So when you believe God's word, it attracts problems and persecution. So then you can say this, the sign that I really believe God's word is I'm being attacked. By the way, you don't bring a shield to battle if you don't expect to get attacked. And that, and the Bible says that faith is a what? It's a shield. That shield is there. You intend for that shield to get hit so you won't get hit. Amen. So, so, so let's not be thrown off and just get hyped but not realize, and this is really what we're going to talk about today, the process of faith, and, and that Abraham had a, had a word from the Lord that was spoken over him, and it was concerning his son Isaac. And I know we've, some of us who've been believers for a while, we've heard this story a lot, but we're going to try to get deep into this story and try to figure out where we, where we are. And then after that, I'm going to release you, and so, so you can go on, and, and we're going to bless some people, then we're going to go to Golden Corral. Amen. I won't be there, but y'all can go there. Amen. So, so in Genesis chapter 15, verse 2, it says something. Tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, the process of faith. Say, I have faith. For my Isaac. Say, I have faith for my Isaac. Amen. It says, but Abraham replied, oh, sovereign Lord, what good are all your blessings when I don't even have a son? Since you've given me no children, Eleazar, that's the name right there, of Damascus. That sounds like somebody from y'all neighborhood. Huh? Eleazar of Damascus, <laughs> a servant in my household, thank God for servants, will inherit all my wealth. It says, verse 3, you have given me no descendants of my own, so one of my servants will be what? Now, has he talked to God about this yet? I mean, is he just assuming this? Or did God tell him his servant was going to be his heir? He's just assuming. Isn't that what we do? We assume stuff. And it says, verse 4, it says, then the Lord said to him, no, your servant will not be your heir, for you will have what? A son of your own who will be your what? And verse 5 says this, 
Then the Lord took Abraham outside and said to him, now look, listen, if God would do this to some of y'all, y'all say, God, you can hold up on that word. But look at what he does. He says, look up into the sky, and he says, count the stars if you can. He said, that's how many descendants you're going to have. Verse 6. So a man who's unable to bear children, God is expanding him and saying, look up, count the stars. And the Bible says, and Abraham did what? And Abraham believed the Lord, and the Lord counted him as righteous because of his faith. Now, that's one of the first times that God in Abraham's life specifically tells him. Some might say it was in Genesis 12, but he specifically tells him that you will have a son. Now, now at this point in time, Abraham is at least 75 years old. He's about, he's in the 70s at least. Amen. Say your name and say, but that's still not a spring chicken. Amen. Now, when the last time you seen anybody talk to a 70-year-old man about having a child? But see, when God is moving, anything is possible. Mm. Y'all got to hear this. He'll talk to a 70-year-old about a child. Now, somebody said, I rebuke that spirit. I ain't having no child. I said, well, God, tell you you're going to have it. You're going to have it. Amen. He's the father of faith. Abraham is. So if you like him, you might have a child at 70 years old. So don't count yourself out yet. Amen. Now, Genesis 17. Let's go there. Say your name to neighbor. Genesis 17. Verse 17. Actually, go to verse 16. Go back one. It says, and I will bless her and give you a son from her. Yes, I will bless her richly. And she will become the mother. This is speaking about, this is Abraham, God speaking to Abraham about his wife, Sarah. And she will become the mother of a few nations. Many nations, kings of nations will be among her descendants. Verse 17. It says, then Abraham bowed down to the ground, but he laughed to who? In disbelief. So we read about Sarah laughing in 18. He laughing. Tell your neighbor, say, when you hear a word from God, you may laugh. It says, how could I become a father at the age of what? So prior to this, we know that he, if you read Genesis 16, the end of Genesis 16, to give you some number ranges, he's about 86 when he has Ishmael, okay? So we know he started off about 70 years old. He left the land. God said, go into a land, I'll show you. He left, he moved, then he gets into a place where he says, it's time to have Ishmael. By the way, God never told him to have Ishmael. Abraham told himself to have Ishmael. And Sarah is the one who helped to, 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 to give the idea. Now, it's interesting because right after that in Genesis uh, 21, Sarah gets mad because of, of Hagar and her, and, her, and her son. But Sarah, you're the one who came up with the idea. Isn't that, isn't that interesting? Let's keep moving. So then he said, and at the age of 100, he thought, and how can Sarah have a baby when she is what? I, I hope you all are getting these numbers. These are real numbers. I hope I'm still walking around and can, and can dress myself at 90 years old. I hope I can still, I mean, feed myself at 90 years old, 100 years old. Come on now. I hope I can still get on Instagram if it's still out when I'm not. Are y'all with me? I hope I can still drive myself around, get in the car. By that time, that age, I'll go to anywhere and eat. I'll go to McDonald's anywhere. I'm like, thank God. Amen. 
No. I, 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 ho- I hope I can still go pick up some barbecue chicken. Amen. Amen. And, and if I need to, jump in the swimming pool at 90. Stay, 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 stay back, Pa. Stay back, Pa. Don't. <laughs> but he ain't just saying that. He's saying at 90 years old, you're going to have a baby, girl. That just messes me up. I can hear it over and 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 over. But I'm tr- I can try to picture it, and I'm saying this girl is 90 years old. And she's going into, they don't got babies RS no more. I think they shut down. But they go, she's going into baby store, getting stuff. So who are you getting for your great, great, great grandbaby? Now, you know what's, you know what's interesting? I believe I believe Sarah went through emotionally. The Bible says now, first of all, because of what everything Abraham sent her through, because you know he didn't even tell her where they were going. He said, "Honey, let's go. Where are we going? I don't know. We're going to the land God's going to show." Now, that's the first stop, and she was probably asking questions all the way, like, "Honey, he's crazy." And then, and they not again, they're not young; they're old. So it's like everybody else is retiring in my neighborhood, but we about to move to another place. They're, everybody my age is trying to settle, but we trying to get moving. Y'all ain't talking to me. So God, he takes them, and they move, and God has them on a the move at 70 years old. And then it comes to a place where Sarah, the Bible says that because Sarah was so beautiful, Abraham lied about her. He said, that's just my sister. So she was lied on, mistreated, talked about. So she's lied on, and all this while she's, she's having these encounters where she's being lied on by her husband, and God uses it, turns around for his glory. That's why I believe when God's hand is truly on your life, he can even take your mistakes and bless you in it. And so she's going through all these situations, and the, she obviously had to be beautiful because she shut down a whole kingdom. The, whole, the king took her in said, this girl, oh, my goodness. But with all that beauty, she still couldn't produce. A child. And I know that it's a touchy subject, but those conversations that happen when people say, hey, you know, you get married and they start asking questions. So when are you? When is this going to happen? And and you say, first of all, you nosy. I don't like that. Just back up a little bit. Give me some time. You get back from your honeymoon, people ask me how I went. Don't ask me how I went. Have you been praying for me? That's how it went. Pray for me first. And I bet you people are probably talking like, you ain't had no baby yet. And Hagar are probably like, well, I can have a baby because you know you're talking to me. And, and, and he ends up getting with this girl who's a servant, who's supposed to be lower than Sarah, but can produce more than Sarah. And I bet you, y'all ain't talking to me today, but you know, women have a, have a way of getting in their little rooms and they say, well, this is my bone to pick with you. And this, see, men won't talk about it, but women will. And I bet you, you know, the Bible says Hagar started treating Sarah a certain way, like, <laughs> and sticking her head up. And Sarah said, I ain't having this. Tell your neighbor's neighbor, cat fight. So, so eventually she told Abraham, she said, Abraham, you better get that woman out of this house. And Abraham, somebody said, amen, glory to God. And, so, and, and I bet you Abraham was confused. Like, what's the problem? Why can't we all just have love each other and just, come on, tell your neighbor, say, why can't we all just love each other? But, but I believe Hagar started feeling herself a little bit too much. And after all of that, those battles that, that Sarah walked through, God is telling Abraham, your girl is about to have a baby at 90 years old. 
verse 18. Look at what it says. It says, so Abraham said to God, may Ishmael live under your what? Now, can I ask you, did God tell him that? God told him Ishmael was going to live under special blessing? So, again, Abraham's making up stuff. See, when you lack faith, you'll start making up stuff. You'll make, out, you'll make up what God is blessing. So he says, servant may live under your blessing. I won't have to give all my inheritance to my servant. God said, nope, you're going to have a son. Then he says, may Ishmael live under my special blessing. And look at what God says in verse 19. But God replied, what? No. Sometimes you need to hear a good no from God. He said, Sarah, your who? You mean that barren woman? Yeah, your wife will give birth to a son for you. You will name him what? And I will confirm my what? And his descendants as an everlasting what? Look at what he says, verse 20. God is so good, he'll still bless you, though. He says, as for Ishmael, I will bless him also, just as you have asked. I will make him extremely fruitful and multiply his descendants. He will become the father of 12 friends, and I will make him a great nation. Pastor, okay, give us the point. I got you. I'm going to help you fill in the first blank. The, the first thing I believe that we have to overcome in birthing our Isaac is we have to overcome what I call the spirit of compromise. Compromise. In other words, I put in parentheses, you settle for less. You settle for less. Say it say, you settle for less. And there are a couple reasons why I believe that, that we just sometimes we settle for less. We make a compromise because, you know, it's easy to believe part of God's word, but the hard part sometimes is believing all of God's word. See, we can believe God for healing sometimes, but we can't believe God to provide. We can believe God to save us, that we're going to heaven, but we don't believe God will comfort us. Y'all ain't talking to me. See, they're, they're, we pick and choose what parts of the Scripture we want to believe sometimes. Y'all not talking to me. We believe that God is a powerful God, but we don't believe he can speak now through pro prophetic people. Y'all ain't talking to me. We pick and choose what we want to believe. In some areas of our life, we're believers. In other areas of our life, we're atheists. Y'all ain't talking to me. Y'all ain't talking to me. We believe, amen, that we can get married, but it's hard to believe sometimes that we can Oh, I didn't say that. Y'all did. <laughs> you start asking the question, why did I get married? You believe you can have children, but it's hard for you to believe that you're going to keep from killing. No, I'm not. I'm messing. You, you say, God, I can have a child. Easy. That's easy. That's a couple, a couple minutes. Amen. Thank God for it. He said, but, but the hard part is raising that child, training them up in the way they should go. That, see, that, that could be the heart. So we pick and choose what we want to believe. See, Abraham, he believed that he was going to have a son. At that point, he believed he was going to have a son that would receive his inheritance. But what he didn't believe is that the son would come through Sarah. So he believed part of the word, but he didn't believe 
y'all ain't talking to me. In other words, he compromised. He was willing to compromise because after he looked at his situation, he said, God can't do that. But it's not about what you can do. It's about what God can do. See, and that's the problem. He said, how can I have a child at the age of 100 years old? It's not about what you can do. It's about what God can do. And see, if you keep on relying on what you can do, you're going to only believe the word that makes sense to you. But there's a word that goes beyond your reasoning. The Bible says there's nothing impossible for them that believe. So it's amazing that in Genesis 15, Abraham was like, I'm all in. I believe. Look up, count the stars, Abraham. I'm in. I believe you, God. I believe what you said about me. Genesis 17, he says, and guess what? This son is going to come from Sarah. Whoa, 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 whoa. Pump your brakes, God. I believe I can have a son, and that was probably around 86, but what I can't believe is that I can have a son at 100. What changed? What changed in you believing God's word 10 years ago to now? What has come in your life that's, that's caused your faith to hiccup? What, what changed your prayer life? Because you used to believe, and you believe that if you kept asking, it will be given. You believe that if you keep seeking, you will find. You believe that if you kept knocking, that the door will be open. But what has happened in the last 10 years of your life that has wrecked you so much that you're willing to compromise and go beneath what God said you can have? Yeah. Yeah. What, what happened? What Was it the death of a loved one? Come on. What, what, what rocked you to where you don't believe God for healing anymore? Or if you believe him for healing, you only believe him to heal common colds, but you don't believe he can still take cancer out of people's bodies. You don't believe that he can take AIDS out of people. What stopped you from believing? It's what I call conditional faith. If the conditions are right, I'll believe you. Yeah, conditional faith. If I got 10 people calling me about a job offer, oh, I believe you can do it. But if, I can't, if I'm calling 10 people and none of them call back, I don't believe it. But his word has not changed. And so what Abraham started to do, he started to compromise. He said, you know what? This is what I'll do. Ishmael will live under your special blessing. In other words, I'm going to fall beneath what you're saying. Yeah, uh, so that means, well, God, I, just as long as I've got joy, if you told me I'm going to be healed of my physical body, I don't care, just as long as you're falling beneath what he called you to have. He called you to have a business. But you said, Lord, if I just got a job that pays me eight to five, I'm good. He said, well, I've given you a business. See, see, the business is Isaac. The job is Ishmael. The business is Isaac. The job is Ishmael. The marriage where honey is dripping is Isaac. That's something with your wild self you can't produce by yourself. You ain't talking to me. But with the Holy Spirit working on you, you can produce it. But in, you know what Ishmael is? Yeah, we, we doing all right. We doing it for the kids. We staying together for the kids. That's an Ishmael. That's something you can produce. But it's the supernatural touch of God on your life that helps you to do exceedingly, abundantly past all you can even ask or you can even think. God goes beyond. So can I ask you, what has happened again in the last 10 years that has wrecked your faith, that has caused you to stop believing? Or if you believe, you believe if these conditions are in place. God was saying, man, I'm about to do something fresh in your life. I'm about, oh, that's a lot. I'm, 
about to do something fresh. You hung up over Ishmael. That's old. I'm about to do something fresh. I'm about to do something new. But because you don't have enough faith for the fresh, you y'all ain't talking to me. You're, you resolving yourself to the old. But I want to do something fresh, fresh healing, fresh deliverance, fresh provision, fresh ideas. But, but, but you stuck on Ishmael. Tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, stop being so stuck on Ishmael. I didn't even tell you to do that. Amen. That's what you did. So tell your neighbor's neighbor, there's something fresh that's coming, and I want to eat it. I want to walk in it. Amen. I don't know about y'all, but I don't want no food that's five days old. Amen. When I go out to eat today, I don't want, I don't want to tell me that we cooked this five days ago. I want them to tell me we cooked this today. Amen. I want something fresh. So there's, so what happens when God gives you those fresh words? And you notice that God at first did not tell him that the son would come through Sarah. He just said, you're going to have a son. See, God moves in layers when he speaks to you. He unravels the word. He'll tell you a little bit here because we see in part. We prophesy in part. When God first sows the seed of his word, you don't see everything that's in that seed. Y'all ain't talking to me. It's not until it be, never mind. In other words, you don't see everything all at once. And that's, that's another problem that we have with faith is that we want to have the ETA when we're going to arrive. God, I need to know exactly what stops we're going to go by. I need to know what restaurants we're going to pass. I need to know what restrooms we're going to. No, 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 no. He says, I'm not going to tell. I'm just going to give you a part just enough to build your faith. So what happened to Abraham in those years from Genesis 15 to Genesis 17? I believe this is what happened. In the natural, he starts saying there's a lack of time. That's the first, first thing that caused him to want to compromise. He said, there's a lack of time. He said, I'm 100 years old. How many of you felt you got so old? You said, God can't do nothing with me. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, God controls time. Time doesn't control time. God, God controls time. It says in John 11, verse 20 through 26, uh, when Martha when Martha, this is a scripture I didn't put on there, but I, uh, you can write it down. I'm helping somebody else because your biggest hiccup with faith is you, you feel like you're you wasting time. You're running out of time. But God controls time. God will meet you at 100 years old. Can I tell you this? Can I tell you this? God sometimes wait till you feel like there's no more time left. And he says this. When Martha got the word that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him. But Mary stayed in the house. Mary probably had an attitude. And he said, Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you only, if only you had what? Been here. In other words, if you had moved before. He says, my brother would not have died, but even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask. It sounds like she got faith, right? And then he said, Jesus told her, your brother will rise again. Yes, Martha said, he will rise when everyone else rises. Did God say when he was going to No. She, she assumed it was going to be in the last day. Because you know why I believe she did that? Because she didn't believe it could happen right now. See, there's a now faith. Y'all ain't talking to me. There's a faith that will cause healing to take place right now, that will cause deliverance to take place right now. I'm not going to have to wait five years for every breakthrough. There's some breakthroughs that can happen what? Right, right now. Yes, Martha said, he will rise when everyone else rises at the last day. Jesus told her, I love this Jesus. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. How many know the resurrection is not just an event? It's a person. Y'all not talking to me. And the person is Jesus. When he shows up, resurrection can take place. And it says, anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Everyone who believes in me and believes in me will never, ever die. Do you believe this? Martha, Mark 5, verse 35 talks about a father 
who has a daughter that's sick. And the Bible says while he was still speaking to her, Jesus is speaking to a woman who's just been healed of 12 years of an issue of blood. I believe it was somewhere around there. He says while he was still speaking to her, messengers arrived from the home of Jairus, the leader of the synagogue. They told him, your daughter is dead. There's no use troubling the teacher's N-O-W now. In other words, before, before you found out the news, it was okay to be praying. It was okay to fast. It was okay to go up in a prayer line. But because of what just happened now, it's no use of troubling the teacher. Let me tell you the words you're going to have to overcome if you're going to be a person that births your Isaac. You're going to have to be able to overcome the word no. Y'all ain't talking to me. Not from God, but from people. You're going to have to overcome the, the, the statement, there's no use now. You have to overcome the statement, there's nothing else we can do now. See, the, the problem, the issue is not what you can do. The problem, the issue is what he can do. See, I believe that he can do exceedingly abundantly past all I can ask or think. Let me, so he said, so there's a, there's a messenger that, that took out their time. They got in their car and they rolled over. They said, hey, I just want to let you know, there's nothing we can do now. Well, that's not good news. You could have stayed at the house and told me that. But you came out of your, I mean, there's some people opinions that you got to just rebuke. You got to just resist because they will stop you short of your miracle. If you listen to them, they will talk you out of your miracle. There are even believers who will get around you and say, well, you know, God healed back in the day, but he don't heal now. There's a group of people that actually believe he doesn't heal anymore. My Bible says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Say right now, he's a healer. Say right now, he's a provider. Say right now, he's a deliverer. It's amazing. It's amazing. Hmm. And you know, I said it before, but I'll say it again. I said it last week that Mary and Martha, they asked for a healing, but God gave them a resurrection. You didn't get what I said. Because he do exceedingly abundantly. And that might be why you have to wait so long, because you're not waiting for a healing anymore. You're waiting for a resurrection. Y'all ain't talking to me. You're waiting for God to literally revive the thing. In other words, he's not going to move until something dies. Y'all ain't talking to me. There's a miracle that's waiting for something to die. And, when, and, and the good news is that you don't have to be afraid of death, because if you're in a relationship with the resurrection, he can revive and resurrect anything. Tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, I'm not afraid of death. So they said, there's no use troubling the teacher now because your daughter is what? Get out of my face, man. A lot of people come up to you and tell you what God can't do, but who's telling you what God can do? Because in faith, you have to move out of your reason. Look at what it says in verse 36, and I'm, I'm moving. Say, 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 neighbor, don't compromise. But Jesus overheard them and said to Jairus, that's the Father. Come on, Father, stay. Don't be afraid. Just have. What have you heard, lady, that's made you afraid on the low? Mm -hmm. Look at what it says in the Amplified. It says, Jesus, overhearing, but, or, but what? He ignored. He didn't give attention to it. He heard it, but he, he didn't give attention to it. What they said, Jesus said, the ruler of the synagogue, do not be seized with alarm and struck with fear. Only keep on. See, I believe one season, but are you believing after the news? Time. Tell you I'm saying, but lack of time. That's the reason why people make compromise. Here goes the other reason: the lack of ability or resources. Say the lack of ability or resources. He was dead. Abraham was dead. It didn't mean physically dead. What it meant was that 
when Abraham and Sarah had times to be together, nothing was really happening. It means that in his body, he was unable to produce. He lacked the ability and he lacked resources. He lacked the ability to produce. I said it before, as I say it again, that God sometimes will wait to perform a miracle when you die. There's some miracles that would only come after death. Look at what it, now, I want to give you this example. My sister, her name is Faith. Y'all know my sister? Amen. Y'all better know my sister. Amen. I was just checking to see if you knew her. Some of you don't know her. It's okay if you don't know her. But my sister's name is Faith. I guess my parents called her that because, hey, they wanted Faith to be in her house all the time. I know First Lady. Thank you. Amen. So her mother is in the back because she's fighting for her. So my sister Faith, I've told the testimony before, but it doesn't hurt telling it again. My sister got, her and James, they got married in 2008, say all. That's before all of my nephews and my niece came. Amen. So they met each other at Hampton. I don't know what's wrong with that school. But anyway, they met each other at Hampton. And uh, they're not like any, anyway. They, uh, they met each other at Hampton. So they met each other. He met her. She met him. They liked each other. And so then they got, they got married. And they let me be in the wedding. Amen. And so I say all again. And uh, so 2000, all right, that's enough. 2008, he, so they get married. And over the summer, I believe it was the summer of 2008, they were married in May. Say May. All right. Huh? May 07. I'm sorry. May 07. I have correction coming from the Holy Spirit right now. May 07, they get married. And I believe it was either that summer or the next summer. But I remember it was the same summer. I got correction again from the Holy Spirit. And they... They were uh, they were in the they were living in an apartment and I remember they were newlyweds and it was all great and everything and um, my sister we went on vacation say vacation y'all know what vacation is like some of y'all gonna be going on vacation too amen then we went on vacation we went to Shot Town anybody from I know it was one person from Shot Town anybody else from Shot Town you from Shot Town one person yeah I knew I knew that I got you yes sir. So Chi-Town is in the house. So we, so they, we went to Chi-Town, the home of the, the, the cheese and the, and the crust pieces. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Deep dish. That's just that. You just eat that. You're going to go straight. Never mind. But thank God for it. So that's another story, Josh. All right. So this is the thing. We went to go. We went there, vacation, and my sister got a call from one of her friends from Hampton. I guess there's some good in Hampton after all. Amen. And, and her friend connected her, long story short, with a medical school. Long story short, she gets into an interview. Hold up. Let's rewind, Josh. Help the people out. I will. My sister and her husband, they were about to go. It's nothing wrong with doing this, but they were about to go and teach at a local high school. That was what their mindset was. If this doesn't work out, am I not wrong? Because she had not been admitted to medical school. She had to go through some no's. Y'all ain't hearing me. She had to go through some no's. She had to go through some, there's no use now. That's what she had to go through. Nobody was letting her in medical school. You would have never thought in a million years that you would be on vacation, chilling with your family. And God would set it up to where there would be a divine connection. That's why even your vacations, I would argue, are ordered by God. Y'all ain't talking to me. You think you hanging out with Mickey, but you about to get blessed. Come on now. So we were in Chi-Town. And she was in Chi-Town on vacation, and the girl set up to where she would have like an interview, I believe it was, in on vacation. Tell your neighbor, say, but on vacation, where I'm supposed to be chilling, God has set me up for my destiny. 
So the girl calls her up. She sets it up, and the rest is history. They admit her into the, the medical school. Come on, say hallelujah. But see, I didn't tell you the whole story. I'm missing the part. So go back, rewind, say good. It's good. Say that's good. That's good. But see, what you understand, she got a word. Somebody said, go on and start packing your bags. Get ready. Y'all ain't talking to me. Now, my sister Faith, she like, huh, whatever, you know. I know it said don't scoff prophecy, but my sister was like, you know. And so she had a word. She wanted to always do it, but she had a word. But still, there was nobody admitting her in the school. And so she even had so much faith that God was going to get her in the medical school that she went on and said, I'm going to become a teacher. Y'all ain't talking to me. I'm messing. But the point is, is that she had her mindset on one thing, teaching. That was Ishmael. But God had his heart on medical school. That's Isaac. And can I tell you this? A lot of us in this room, and I'm just using this figuratively because teaching might be an Isaac for you. But we've settled for just teaching when God's called us to become an MD. My sister right now is a, is a pediatrician. Amen. She works with kids. She's been there for three, I believe, three years in the field, four years, because you got to go to school and medical school for like 100 years before you get out. So she, she, she eventually graduated. Now she's got four kids, and five kids, four, son, four boys, and she's got one little girl that just came out. That was a word, too. Y'all ain't talking to me. So she has all of that. James is supporting. James is, is teaching. They're having an awesome time. But what if my sister would have just settled for the Ishmael? God had an Isaac in mind for her. How many of you have settled for your Ishmael? Because it's easier to have an Ishmael. Yeah. See, when you lack resources and ability, I'm just too old, God. I'm dead. You say Ishmael must live under special blessing. God said, no, I got an Isaac for you. It's harder to talk about Isaac when you're 100 years old. I mean, it's hard to have people like, because everybody want to know, what are you doing now with your life? And you want to have an answer that's going to satisfy them. Yeah, well, I just, I just decided in my mind, you know what, I, I used to want to do that, and God, I believe he gave me a word to do it, but you know what, I just gave it up. I just gave up on it. You know what, I just, I just go and just settle here. And God said, did I tell you to settle here? It's easier to say you settled than to say, because you know what? God, I'd rather lower my standards than keep on being hurt. Because hope deferred make the heart sick. So I just won't believe you to heal anybody anymore. That way I won't ever be hurt. I just expect they're going to die. You ain't talking to me today. I won't believe you to provide for me anymore. I just expect I'm just going to live in poverty for the rest of my life. Because it hurts too much to believe you're going to do it. Get my hopes all the way up. Tell everybody in the church and on my job, but then look stupid. I'm tired of that. But the Bible says those who trust in the Lord will never be put to shame. Can I get an amen? Now, that's if it's a word from the Lord. If it's a wish, then maybe it will fall short because God don't back, his wi back your wishes, but he does back his word. Okay, so lack of ability and resources. Lack of reason. In other words, it didn't make sense. The Bible says when there was no more reason... That for the, to believe, to have hope, that Abraham kept hoping, believing that he would become the father of many nations. Here goes number two. I'm jumping because we got to close. Number two, you got to overcome the cutting process. Say the cutting process. Every team that wins a Super Bowl has to make a cut to win that Super Bowl. They got to cut some people. Tell your neighbor, you got to cut some things off. Romans 4 verse 11 says that the sign that Abraham believed was that he made a cut. He made a cut, and it was, it was a serious cut. Amen. 
He made a cut called circumcision. Now, when the last time you seen a 90-year-old man cut himself? But the Bible says he made a cut as a sign of faith. What are some things we have to cut off in this season that are holding us back from everything? The Bible, we just read last week, tear off every, every weight that so easily trips you, especially the what? The sin. What are some things we have to cut off? You know, cut off, I think about the word consecration. We got to consecrate. Genesis 17, verse 23 through 24 talks about this. Are y'all getting something out of this today? This is 17. Hopefully, this is building your faith. It says, oh, that very, on that very day, Abraham did what? He took his son who? And every male in his household, including those born there and those he had bought, then he did what? Them cutting off their what? Just as God told them. Amen. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, cut off whatever God's telling you to cut off in this season. And it says in verse 24, it says Abraham was what? Somebody said, you can't teach a dog, new, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Yes, you can. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, make the cut. I wonder what's holding us back. I wonder what we have to cut off in this season to get everything God has for us. Genesis 17, he says to make the cut. And then lastly, number three, we have to overcome conflicting realities. God, it would be easy if all I saw was prosperity, all I saw is healing. But as the truth be told, every time I look back at my body, I still see that I'm dead. Abraham considered himself to be dead. He figured he was as good as dead. God, how do I live between two different realities and still have faith when they're telling me it's getting worse and worse? It's getting, it's getting, it's getting, it's the health is declining more and more, but yet I still believe you to heal. How is it that I can operate in these two different realities? I've given you the example last week that faith gives us a new reality. Say new reality. And it's just like putting on the virtual reality goggles. When you put them on, people are shooting at you. You're shooting at them. You're walking around in a whole new world, but then you eventually got to take them off. Y'all ain't talking to me. And when you take them off, you see people looking at you like you're crazy. What you been walking around? I've been in another realm. Y'all ain't talking to me. Have you ever, have you ever, have you ever, have you, tell you anybody, have you ever, actually say, have you ever? Have you ever been uh, impersonating someone and you've been acting like somebody else and somebody walked in the room on you? Like, like you acted like you were Michael Jordan back in the day. You were going up to dunk, and somebody's walking and say, what are you doing? Because in that realm, you were Michael Jordan. I remember years ago when, uh, y'all know who Michael Jackson is? Let me go to the side. Y'all know who Michael Jackson is? Y'all, y'all too saved for me, amen. No, you're good. It's good to be that safe. But look, Michael Jackson, he was the he-he-man. He spent around, turned, did the, did the moonwalk, amen. Um, he did the robot. He did a lot of different dances. Um, thank God for his, um, his dances, amen. Uh, and so MJ, uh, there, came, there was a movie that came out years ago called what? The American Dream. And uh, amen. Thank God for it, amen. <laughs> Somebody going back now. I watched that movie probably probably a hundred times. It's just, it was just an addiction. It was, my dad came in one day, he said, don't you watch that movie one more time. I had to make the cut. Amen. I was addicted to that movie, American Dream. Y'all better watch what y'all kids watching. Amen. And if you need to tell them to shut it down, tell them to shut it down. Thank God for a good father that knows how to tell me to shut some stuff down. Because Michael ain't going to get you in heaven. He ain't going to sanctify you probably. But he can dance. Amen. So I was, I was watching Michael Jackson, and so 
You know, the, I know all the scenes in the movie. I can go through all the scenes. It's the end of the Jackson 5 if you, that's a whole other story. So I was watching it, but one day I was, I was, I probably was watching it while I was just in the room, and I was dancing, and I was doing the little, and I was just going, and, and, and I just remember going, I was just impersonating. I was just acting like Michael Jackson, and I was just, all this kind of stuff. And after a while, I probably messed up the carpet and everything. But I was in a whole nother reality. Y'all know what I'm talking about? You try to take some of his secular songs and make them save songs, amen? <laughs> y'all ain't talk. y'all not real. Y'all say, well, I don't feel as bad if I make it a save song, Christian song. <laughs> so you try to throw Jesus in it. That don't make it save. It's still, wow, you, try, you, try, you try to be like the five heartbeats of temptations. And, uh, I guess you make me feel this way, Jesus. No, no, no. Nope, it don't work. But you go into that reality, you need to become childlike. Now, when you get older, you stop doing that. You don't do it as much. Some people still try to do it. You shouldn't do it. I mean, I mean, I but the Bible talks about that. that I, believe, I believe there's a child. It doesn't say a scripture, but I believe that children are more open to faith than adults because of their imagination. That's why you have to watch out because they'll jump off the top of the roof and say, I'm Peter Pan. And you say, no, you're not. Because they're open. Here's my point. It, it, it's something that God, it's something that God will not remove the fact that Abraham was dead, that he was impotent, that he couldn't produce children, but he still had the word out there. I wish God would just give us a word, and as soon as he gave us the word, it would always come to pass, like immediately. But it doesn't, because you got to live in those two realities. you got to put the virtual reality goggles on, then you got to take them off, and somebody's screaming and yelling at you, saying, I just wish we were in the marriage right now. Then you put them back on, and you see the honey dripping, and then you pull them off, and you still see your bank account, and it says negative. And then you put the virtual reality back on and see yourself healed and walking whole, and then you take them back off, and you still feel the ache in your body. I wish it would just happen inst. I wish it would happen instantly, where when you take them off, everything that you saw in that world comes to this world, but it doesn't always do that, because we got to learn how to wait. But, Lord, I said this, and I said this Tuesday night. I said, some of us believe that everything we have faith for has to happen in our 80 years of living. But the Bible says there are three things that last forever, faith, hope, and love. God's delay is not God's deny. And just because God hasn't given it to you now doesn't mean it's not coming your way. It's, it's, just, it's just taking some time. So why don't you just stand on your feet if you believe that you're going to cut some stuff off, if you believe that you're not going to settle for Ishmael compromise, and if you believe right now that you're going to, you're going to overcome conflicting realities. Yeah, you might be looking in the face of Pharaoh, but there's a deliverance coming to you and your family. Come on, just lift your hands to the Lord and just give a shout of praise if you believe that right now. Come on, lift your hands. Hallelujah, Lord, we thank you right now. On this Father's Day, that just like Abraham, we can look at our dead situations and say we still see life through you. We can, we, can, we can make the cut, Lord. And, Lord, we believe right now we will not settle for compromise. We rebuke every spirit of compromise that will cause us to settle for less than your best. We thank you for this. Every head bowed, every eye closed. This is your opportunity. You say, I'm in here today, and I've, I've realized that I've compromised in the faith. I don't believe God can do it anymore in my life. More importantly, I don't believe Jesus to be ruler of my life, the Lord of my life, the master of my life. And because of what's come in my life, I have fallen short. But today I want to come back to Jesus. I have left him, but today I want to come back and I want to be in relationship with Jesus 
the Christ. There might have been a loss of a job, the death of a loved one, a health issue that's come in your life that has sidetracked you. But today is the day to recommit, to focus again on Jesus, our Lord. If that's you today, I want you to stretch your hand up in the air like Jesus is reaching back for your hand from heaven. And I want you to say, Pastor Josh, include me in this prayer. I'm going to count to three. And when I count to three, you say, I don't, I, Jesus is no longer Lord of my life. He's no longer master. I've gotten away from him, but I want to come back. If that's you, when I count to three, slip your hand up and I'm going to count to three. Don't be ashamed and don't be afraid. One, if that's you, get ready. Two, if that's you, get ready. Get ready to slip your hand up when I say three. Three, slip your hand up right now. Say, Pastor Josh, pray with me. Pray for me. I see that hand right there. Is there anybody else? I see those hands over there. Is there anybody else? Hallelujah. I want you to pray this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus. And you can get in on it. If you didn't raise your hand, you can get in on it. Say, Lord Jesus, forgive me of all my sins. Wash me clean. Today I put my faith in you all over again. I recommit to following you. I believe, Jesus, you died for my sins. You were buried and you rose again. You are alive. And I declare today my faith resurrects. It comes alive again. I believe you all over again in the mighty name of Jesus. If you believe that, give a shout of praise to the Lord. Come on, if you believe that, give a shout of praise to the Lord. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord, for the souls that have come back to know you on today, Lord. We pray that you're starting something fresh, say fresh, in their lives. Thank you for tuning in to this week's show. Were you empowered to become a team player? Let us know. Connect with us on social media, on Twitter and Instagram at Triad Christian. Facebook, Triad Christian Center. And you can also visit our website, triadchristiancenter.org. We look forward to hearing from you and invite you back next week to The Movement Podcast.